G'day and welcome to a grad chat, your opportunity to find out about graduate research and other things that go on in the graduate population here at Queen's. My name is CJ the DJ. And I'm Suyin the DJ Bear. And we are your hosts for this week's Grad Chat. Of course, a show like this could not happen without the support of the School of Graduate Studies and CFRC. So thank you very much to both of them again. Now, if your mates miss the shows at any time, you can download the podcast the next day on either iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify and Stitcher. So no excuse not to hear what our awesome students and postdoctoral fellows are doing. And although we are allowed back into the studios, today we are doing this remotely. Nasty weather outside, so who wants to sort of head into campus on on a day like this? So uh, we're doing this over a a great platform, actually. I don't usually like to plug other people's um, products, but Zencaster.com has a really good free download opportunity for you to be able to do podcasts but this is a great way for us doing it it's it's enabled us to do all these shows during the pandemic now today I know in the past or usually we bring in one grad student to talk about their research to us or about their program that they're in if it's not a research-based program but we wanted to change it again, as, as I've said before, we're going to change it up just a little bit. And this time, we all know that students get a you know reading break, as they call it, or midterm break during their academic terms. So we thought we might do something similar here for grad chat, even though we've got some other grad students lined up for the next few weeks. Today, what we thought we would talk a little bit about some of the programming that goes on in the grad school for our graduate students and the opportunities available to them and explaining some of the reasons why we put this programming in place for them and what they can get out of it. So that's really what we wanted to talk to today, which is why I brought in Suyin the DJ Bear to help me out, my, my colleague in grad chat who helps me every week with the editing much harder part than what I do with just the interviewing. So I'm always really appreciative of Suyin helping me out on that each week. And I must say she's getting quicker and quicker at it and she knows all the shortcuts and somehow makes us all look really, really good. So thank you very much on on that, Suyin. (laughs) Well, Well, maybe I should ask you first, you know, what have you got out of being a part of Uh, doing grad chat with me every week for the past two or three years I think you've been with us now well I don't even know where to start it's been such a fantastic opportunity it's even Nathan tells me this is a little joy in your life because I get to learn so much and I just go oh I didn't know that I want to learn more and it's just fantastic to get to listen to amazing research every week and it it makes me feel so proud of, of our students of of colleagues like I don't know them I haven't met them but it whenever I do I go oh you are the person doing this oh I did your crash like <laughs> it, and it's it's really amazing it has helped me keep connected as well and you know how much I love all of these platforms and technology so yes it, it's also been a great experience to just learn it has really given me an opportunity to learn more about producing podcasts and editing audio And when it comes to paying attention to what is being said and being able to make the appropriate cuts or adjustments, and sometimes we we have those bloopers, right? And we have to readjust or re-record. 
And sometimes we have those moments where maybe someone didn't answer the question or they remember something about the question. So they, I had to put back that recording into earlier in the narrative and things like that. So it's been really an experience of learning for me every week. It's, it's really fantastic. Well, I mean, and then that's the important thing too, is, I mean, it, it hasn't, I mean, I know I've been giving you a little bit of money for you helping me do this, but it's those other sort of skills that you've learned along the way. One is the listening skills of, you know, what are they actually saying in this interview? And if I need to shorten it, how do I shorten it and keep the flow of the interview going so it's not, you know, in bits and pieces? So listening skills there are tremendously important. And as you said, with the technology, it's changing all the time. Luckily, I think it's making it easier for us. But again, it's still things that you have learned along the way. Whereas for me, when I first started doing the editing myself, it's like, well, just tell me how to cut cut a piece out and put a piece in here and how can I fade in and fade out and that's a basically as far as I went and was hoping that it still sounded okay but of course you've been able to do a little bit more on that which today with podcasting it's getting more and more popular and particularly with grad students who are now doing their own podcasts which I think is absolutely awesome what do you think about that? Because I know we brought this up before, and particularly, say, in some of the humanity programs, wouldn't this be a great platform to talk more about English? As I've said many, many times before, isn't just about the Bronte sisters, Chaucer and Shakespeare. There's a lot more to it than that. And what a great platform to be able to express some of your ideas. So what, so what do you think about grad students looking at perhaps the podcast platform as another way of showcasing the work that they are doing? I think it's a great experience because it gets you practice and to talk about your research in such a different way and in a shorter period of time it's not just answering questions during the q a in a conference it's not just about summarizing your research it's also engaging in a conversation about your research in this format so i think that the more you get to do it the the more it opens your your mind to different ideas, to different ways of talking about your research. And I find that that is a really incredible opportunity. That's that's good. And it, it all comes down to this, you know, knowledge mobilization, if we want to use some of mm-hmm. those words that are been thrown around the last few years and so podcasts is one way of getting your research out and of course we the one that we always love here at Queen's is the three-minute thesis is another way which which brings me to my next point we you know we've just had homecoming and part of homecoming being virtual we were able to showcase some of our three-minute thesis presentations again for the alumni, which was fantastic. And it's something, of course, that we hope that we can continue moving forward at homecoming, whether it's virtual or in person, because it's a great way, again, of showcasing the research that you as grad students are doing and having those networking opportunities with our alumni because our alumni are just lovely. I mean, they're always out there to sort of help wherever they can. And so that's a, that's a great way too. And of course, with Homecoming, we're also able to have a session on the PhD Community Initiative, which of course uh, is a great program that's been running for a number of years now where our grad students work with community partners on, on a particular project. 
So it was really nice to be able to showcase that to our alumni in case they weren't aware of some of the things that go on in grad school. Before getting on to networking, I think I'd like to sort of talk a little bit more about this knowledge mobilization. And as you know, as as you're going through your graduate journey, there are other opportunities that present themselves to help you in that knowledge mobilization. Now, the main thing, of course, in grad research is your paper at the end of the day. So, you know, you're, you're expected to First of all, you've got your dissertation or your thesis that you have to write, and and some of you will also have an opportunity to write in journals within your field of study. But then there's that's very specific to a small group of people who are ingrained in your particular field of study. And so this knowledge mobilization is trying to get it outside of that to to give you a bigger audience. And as you mentioned in that podcast piece, you know, it it can reach a broader audience. It's online. Anyone around the world, they can sort of type it in and Bob's your uncle that, you know, there's, there's grad chat talking about your work, for instance, or if you've got your own podcast. Uh, so it has a much bigger reach. So one of the things that we're trying to do here in grad studies is give you opportunities to learn about different opportunities and then actually do it. And of course, recently we had the TEDx Queen's U chapter put on a workshop of you know how to do move your research into a TED talk. So that's that's really an important thing, and everyone knows the word TEDx. So again, that's something else that brings things out. In November, we are working with Queen's Communications to run two sessions to do with working with the media. We know media can be very different. One, whether you're in radio or in print or on TV, how you approach the questions you may get from the interviewer could be very different. Uh, even with grad chat, we say, you know, think about what's your main point that you want to get across, get, get that across first and then elaborate. Because if you're on TV, you might talk for 10, 15 minutes with the interviewer, but it's a 20-second soundbite in the end. So have you got your main message across? And have you got it across in a way that the general public would understand? So it's finding those stories that can help showcase your work to the general population. So so those mm-hmm. sorts of things are, are coming up. And then, of course, Queen's has been a member of the Canadian The Conversation, which is another way of showcasing your writing on something topical at the time that they can, you know, bring in information to put out to a general audience. And the readership for for any articles getting into the conversation is enormous, absolutely enormous. So again, it can lead you to other opportunities from that one piece of writing, which may not be directly about your research but it gets your name out there in a way of showing mm-hmm. that you know you are an expert in in some of these things so you know yes. drop off that imposter syndrome you guys know what you are talking about and you know how mm-hmm. to sort of change it so all these opportunities what what do you think about this is it too much because you've got enough to do anyway with just your own research let alone thinking about oh, how am I going to let everyone else know about this? Do I really have time to do that? What, what do you think about that? That's a great question because, okay, do you know me? I'm the type of person who 
needs to do different things <laughs> at all times. <laughs> and that's a, that's a challenge. There, for certain students, I think it is more difficult to step out of the dissertations. And I think that in doing that is, well, you know what? You get tired of your own voice when you're writing, but it's okay to not just prioritize the writing. But I am the type of person who should prioritize the writing a little bit more. <laughs> right. So it's but very individual. Say, it's very, yes, it's very individual. <laughs> for me, at least, what it's important for me and what I love, that there are so many options to choose from. Because that's, that's the thing. You don't have to try them all. Or you do for a little bit and then you, you find what works for you. Right. The dissertation, for example, or even writing for a journal, there's a style that you need to follow. And you find your own voice as a critic or as a researcher, but you still have to follow the style of the magazine or the journal that you're uh, publishing right. with. Where and, and for the dissertation, there's also, there's also standards, right? So when it comes to something like the conversation, for example, that you can write about what you do, but in a different style, it's so liberating. Like, it can be I, I more creative. It can be more creative. It can mm -hmm. be more... Perhaps more of an application. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is a great break because there's a little bit of despair and disillusionment involved when you go, right. well, what's next? So, right. yes, I know all of this. What do I do with this? And, what do with and it? who's going to read this? Yeah. What am I doing? <laughs> Things like that. And these opportunities to share it, it, it helps you get over that phase. It's, it's asking those questions. And we do this with the, the three-minute thesis when a student says, well, I do this. And, and then the first question goes back, so what? So what? Yeah. You're doing it? Great. So what? Why? Why are you doing that? What was the purpose mm -hmm. behind you thinking of even doing that? So it makes you think a little bit more about the subject matter and how, how others can perceive what you're doing. Yes. And it, and it, it allows for collaboration as well. Because... Sometimes you don't know the what yet. So what? And somebody else might be on the same spot in their own research. And it happens to be related to what you do or offers a different angle of what you do. So if you have those conversations, sometimes it's, you can come with a what together. And that is right, fantastic. Right, right, Yeah, so I'm really pleased that we have these opportunities. And, and you said it very well is that, you know, just because they're there doesn't mean to say you have to do them all. Uh, it's what works for you. And I guess that brings up the next point that I wanted to bring in today was about there's this buzzword going around called IDP or Individual Development Plan, mm. which is all part of a bigger spectrum of what we call professional development and both professional and academic development, actually, because it's it's helping you plan what you do in your graduate journey both on an academic in terms of what you need to do for your own degree, but also helping you plan of, uh, along the way is, you know, highlighting these are the skills I'm learning along the way or these are the skills I would like to learn along the way and how can I do that? And so it's an opportunity there to sort of do a bit of self-reflection on, you know, what do I know now in terms of skills that down the track an employer whether that be in an academic institution or outside the the academy what skills do i have to offer in a particular job and you know and how do i work that out and if i if this particular job that i'd like to go for down the track what skills am i missing 
how can I work that out? And it's interesting, we've just had the Graduate and Postdoctoral Development Network hold a career symposium. This year was the second year. We've just held that. And it was interesting, one of the sessions was on the IDP and someone actually uh, changed the word IDP to IDI, which meant Individual Development Intentions. Uh, So what are your intentions? Um, Because sometimes the plan can be scary, the word plan, because yes. you think, oh, gosh, I have to stay, stick with it all the way through. But intentions mean this is what I'm intending to do. And as we all know, nothing's linear. Things go in all sorts of wiggly areas to get to where we eventually want to be. So yes. I always thought that was, um, I actually really liked that individual de- development intention uh, going through. I like intentions. Yeah, so intentions are good because when it does, it helps you, as I mentioned, it sort of helps you reflect on where you are today and mm-hmm. where you would like to head. Um, you know, what are your goals? So it's identifying goals of where you want to be after one year, two years, or even just in, you know, in a month's time, what do you have, want to accomplish in a month's time? Or in five years, where do I want to be? So it's identifying some of those goals or envisioning where you want to be. Then, of course, it's also looking at your personal well-being, and that's including your professional career, your academia that you're in right now, and also looking after yourself, that balance of looking after yourself, making sure that you're not taking on too much, and then sort of engaging in it, you know, you set yourself some goals. How am I going to get through that? And, and, you know, let's sort of tick things off, but also understanding that you can change it along the way. So it's just a little process to sort of help. You can do it by yourself. You can do it with a buddy to help each other, which is really nice. You can do it in conjunction with your supervisor. So these, these things are happening now in school graduate studies of working with career services on on this particular workbook or IDP or IDI and um, you know anyone can start it so you know think about that we've got some another workshop coming up on on how to launch your your own IDP coming up on October the 28th so if any grad student interested on that that's actually going to be an in-person workshop which we haven't done for a long time we are limited to how many can come to that, whereas the one we held last week was online. But we will be doing more of those. So keep an eye out for that. So when we're talking about knowledge mobilization, again, there's one other thing that I've just remembered is that on the 5th of November, we've got coming up our annual Indigenous Research Collaboration Day. And that usually comprises a keynote speaker, some of our grad students or faculty doing some presentations. And then there's discussions around the particular themes. So we're very fortunate this year to have the chancellor come to be our keynote speaker. And then after that, we've got nine grad students and one faculty member who are going to do some presentations for us. And we're using three of the themes from the uh, sustainability development goals. And that's how we sort of picked the presentations. And these are all grad research that involves Indigenous communities, whether those Indigenous communities are here in Canada or in other parts of the world. So if anyone's interested in that, there are details on our website, uh, on our homepage of queensu.ca forward slash SGS for you to be able to register to come and listen on the 5th of November from nine o'clock to three o'clock. Sounds great. Thank you. 
Now I want to go back on to, I know I'm flipping all over the place, as usual, we talked a little bit about the opportunities of networking, which all works with all this knowledge mobilization as well. You know, how can we spread the word of what we're doing, but also meet other people to make those connections for future careers or plans down the track. And Maybe I can ask you, Sue, have you had any opportunities yourself to meet people to ask about other opportunities or just to have someone to to go to, whether it's an alumnus or whether it's another professor or colleague or a staff member at work or people outside of the community that you feel that uh, you've you can sort of practice with them of, you know, how to how to ask about possible jobs down the track and things like that. Yes, I have. What I've been doing throughout my degree has just been surprising because I've taken, I got to to work with different faculty, with different staff, with even just in volunteering, where I got got to meet uh, a lot of the members from the School of Graduate Studies as well and, and got to learn about what they do. And then I learned so much from you as well. And even from my professors who have been administrators and just chatting about it, I was always curious, how does it work? And mm-hmm. if even learning something about policy in the classroom, someone explaining to me, well, it is more complex than that because there's there are these layers of work. And I go, oh, wow, I didn't know. So I've been, I've been doing that throughout my entire time here at Queens as a graduate right. student. For you, I'm guessing too, like you do so many things since I met you, there's always something different that you're doing with the School of Graduate Studies. How does it work on your side? Well, yeah, sometimes I've been very fortunate in my position that we can put forward ideas and we've been allowed to go for it. And so, you know, I'm constantly, even now, you know, I've been in this job for 15 years, which is why I wanted to be part of the Graduate Professional Development Network, because that's a network of like people like me at other universities. So we're constantly sharing ideas of what we can be doing to help support our students. And so someone might have a good idea and they'll share it and we go, okay, well, we can't exactly do it like that, but we can adapt it to our own environment. So it's a constant learning as we're going through. And I'm very fortunate, like I said, to be able to try out different things or bring in information or ideas from our partners across the country. So it's we're always learning always yes. learning and some of it is trial and error another is that you know this works let's let's just keep doing it until until it doesn't work and then let's try yeah. something else kind of thing so we've we're very fortunate at that and actually it was interesting you were talking about you know having an idea of what goes on say in the school of graduate studies administratively we have a collaboration now with career services or basically that they're, they're taking it over and to, because they have the expertise to be able to run these things but there's a new it's sorry it's a very long acronym um, so I'm going to try and remember all the words the Queen's Doctoral Internship QDI University yes. Administration and so it's an internship to go and work with a department on campus to learn about the administrative side of a university 
So that's yes. just opening up. There's a few departments that put their hand up and said, yes, we would love to have a doctoral student to come and, and work with us on an internship. And it is a proper internship. So people need to have a look out for that because I think the deadline to apply for some of those is coming up very, very soon. So look on our website under the uh, queensu.ca forward slash QDIUA. <laughs> Yes, and there's an information session next week. Another Correct, one. there is an information yeah. session. So so that's, again, another opportunity to find out, you know, if, if you wanted to stay in academia and not necessarily be a researcher or a teacher, think about being an administrator. And so this is an, an opportunity to get that experience before making that decision whether, yep, that's the way I want to go post-grad degree or not. Yes. And even if you wanted to stay, I think it helps because your students are going to have questions and it will be great to have this knowledge so you can guide your grad students to the right resources. Exactly. Because, right? I, I, you know, I've got some colleagues in the learn. office now who did their grad degree here and now working on the administrative side. But they have a lot to offer because, like you said, they've been there themselves. Yeah. So lots to contribute. I've never done a PhD. So I haven't had that experience personal experience I go by what I think would be okay so so that's you know I think that's important there is one last thing I'd like to bring up is about our graduate inclusivity fellows now you're one of those perhaps you can explain a couple of things so yes so this initiative was created with the goal to promote a culture of belonging at Queen's for graduate students and postdoctoral fellows And so this group of graduate students, a fantastic team of graduate students, together with the School of Graduate Studies, advise on programs and practices that prioritize diversity, equity, inclusivity, and indigeneity within our graduate and postdoctoral community. The goal is to really facilitate an inclusive graduate learning experience. And with that, everything that we've worked on along the way and everything that we learn and continue to learn throughout our experience as graduate students, apply that to support graduate students and postdoctoral fellows at Queen's. We started working in the summer, coming up with a list of four priorities to focus on for the next academic year. And right now we narrow it down to two on for the next six months. And that includes graduate funding awareness. Yes. And culture of belonging and inclusive awareness which I think is fantastic you know I'm going to be working with the the group on creating a culture of belonging and inclusive awareness and what we mean by that we're sort of looking at you know what should orientation look like and training and the resources and events and opportunities to support a culture of belonging for all graduate students across departments so that's it's very broad but we need to get started from the get-go as soon as our we got our incoming class what are we doing to show them that they they have that feeling of inclusiveness but also make other people aware of what does inclusivity mean so uh, you know that part as well and then in terms of the graduate funding awareness and I always hate the word funding because it always has this connotation there's never enough and all this sort of thing but you know as we know the dollar only goes so far but but it's it's not just on the dollar factor it's it's making people clarifying what does your funding package actually mean 
you know, what other funding opportunities are there for you that you could actually apply for yourself as opposed to just waiting for the school to give you some money. And of course, not all our grad students get funding packages. So you've got to find mm-hmm. other ways to help support yourself. And then sort of what other strategies can we leverage to enhance communication of funding opportunities aimed at inclusivity for grad students? Because we know not everyone comes from the same backgrounds. So we've got to find other ways of making people aware of, you know, if I'm in this particular situation, I can go and apply for this particular funding. And it could be specifically Mm -hmm. to do with their program, their field of study, or it could be because, you know, they've suddenly got themselves in a bit of a pickle, as I say, sometimes and need a little bit of extra money to support themselves over the next month. So there's different things like that. Or, you know, as an international student coming, they're not always, not always aware of what government grants are available specifically for international students. Yeah. It's not always open to international students, so they have to go and dig a little bit further. So how can we sort of help support that? So having these graduate inclusivity fellows, I mean, I'm loving it. I'm learning a lot from them already myself, and I'm glad, Su Yin, that you wanted to be a part of it too. And so I know moving forward, we're going to have some interesting information come out that we can share with everybody else and hopefully help with those priorities as we move along. So thank you for being a part of that and explaining that to everyone. Okay, now, I always worry that I'm never going to fill up enough time, but between Suyin and I, we've clearly got what they call the gift of the gab and we can sort of keep on talking and We've come to the end of the show. Suyin, thank you very much again for coming on the show and for all your support over the years here on a Grad Chat. It's really, really appreciated. Oh, you're welcome. It's always a pleasure. See you at Christmas. <laughs> <I'll be back. laughs> Absolutely. She will be back. So that's great. <laughs> I love it. So that's it, everyone. Another week of Grad Chat sadly comes to an end. Don't forget, you can download this show tomorrow from either iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. Just type in a Grad Chat. Until next week, this is CJ the DJ signing off with a big hooray. Thank you for listening to this podcast produced at CFRC 101.9 FM at Queen's University, situated on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples and brought to you by the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Science.